Hey everybody, welcome to another night of Walk It Out. My name is Gretchen Cannon. I'm the community pastor here at Grace Church in Choctaw, and it is so good to have you with us. This week is the week of Thanksgiving, and so I want to visit with you about a revelation that the Lord started like in planning in me of truth in May of 2020. And it has been a journey, a journey that has been rewarding and yet so difficult. And it doesn't sound um, like it sounds crazy to think that Thanksgiving is something to be difficult about. But as I lay out what I'm going to show you, maybe you'll be able to see um, some internal struggles of getting a stronghold of a lie out of me and getting in a stronghold of truth in the place. So as we begin, I'm going to go to the Lord and ask him to just be with us during this time. Father, I thank you for who you are, and I thank you that you created us to be conformed to your image. Father, what an honor and a privilege to be able to be your image bearers. And I just ask as we get into this content tonight, that you will speak the things that you want spoken and that we will have ears to hear the things that you want said to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, like I said, a while back, the Lord started revealing to me that I had a very deep stronghold of discontentment in my life. And as I began to see that discontentment actually was leading me to patterns of like self-sabotage, he started showing me that the only thing to drive out discontentment was thanksgiving and was a heart of gratitude. Now, I'm a fairly thankful person. Like, it's not like I'm ungrateful or anything else, but in my heart, of, like in my soul, I really had a stronghold of discontentment, and the only thing that to drive that out was Thanksgiving. So I want to take you a little bit down the journey of what he shared with me in hopes that it'll speak to your heart and you'll be able to walk out some freedom of your own. And so one of the things, if you ever eat dinner at my house or lunch very often with us, you'll know that I always say, who would like to give thanks for the food instead of bless the food? And the reason why is along this journey, uh, what I started seeing is Jesus never blessed the food in the sense of how we do it now. He actually gave thanks for it. And out of that, a blessing came for the people. And so you might hear me say, who would like to give thanks for the food and bless the people before we eat a meal? And so it's kind of become a little bit of a fun joke, but I want to take you down the path. And I'm not saying blessing the food is not that it's anti-biblical or you shouldn't do it. It's just a constant reminder to me. I mean, how many times do I eat a day, right? And so it's a constant daily reminder to me that I am to give thanks. And out of that giving thanks and out of a thankful and a grateful heart, people will be blessed. And so I'm going to read for you out of John um, 6, 
uh, starting in verse 4, and this is where Jesus feeds the multitude. It says, Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming down towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test Philip, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered to him, Two denarii, uh, worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Like, that's not enough food, right? Then Jesus said, Make the people set down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Another one of the Gospels says about 4,000 men. The whole point is that's a lot of dang men, right? Not to mention all the women and children. And then verse 11 says, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Right there, like that's a large amount of people to feed. This is a very, very familiar story. But what I want to point out to you is something that the Lord started showing me in the story, as well as two others that we'll read, where Jesus gives thanks. A miracle always happened after. And so right here in, um, in verse 11, it says, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he then distributed them. And so that word thanks in the Greek is a word that like I have a hard time pronouncing, but I'm going to go after it because I have practiced and practiced today. But it's eucharisteo. And it's the Strong's number 2168, if you want to look it up. It's used 38 times in the New Testament. But Jesus used it three. He used it in the feeding of the multitude. He used it in the um, uh, in in the story of Lazarus, and he used it at the Last Supper with his disciples when he broke bread. And with every one of those stories, a miracle always follows. And so, right there, the kingdom principle, the law, there, the the thing that we see is when we truly give thanks, a miracle will happen. And for me, that miracle was layers of freedom that came little by little over time. Honestly, over about 18 months now. And it's just continuing to happen. Even this past, uh, e- even this past few weeks, even new layers of freedom have come out of the revelation that he is showing me continually in this. So let's look at that word, eucharisteo. It's all one word, but I have to break it up a little bit to remember how to say it. It means acknowledging that God's grace works well. Now that sounds like something 
That should be pretty simple, right? But if you struggle with a core lie that I believe that God is so very good, but he isn't good to me, he's only good to everybody else, then it's hard to acknowledge that his grace works well. Because that word grace, charis, which which actually eucharisteo comes from the word charis. Charis is the root word or or a, a derivative of eucharisteo. And it means when you look at charis, it is a gift or a blessing brought to a man or a woman by Jesus Christ. The Lord's favor freely extended to give Jesus away to people, to me, because he is always leaning into them. Think about that. So when you look at the meaning of Eucharisteo, God's grace works well. His gift and his blessing to Gretchen, to you, by the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord's favor freely giving himself to you works well. And so driving out, continually driving out that core belief that the boundary lines fall to pleasant places for me as well as everybody else, because that is something that I have had to learn and I'm still learning. But what I love about this word, eucharisteo, there you go, that Jesus used three times in scriptures, and then it was used throughout, and, and some other, you know, used it in different ways. But, but looking at Jesus himself these three times in these three massive, massive miracles, the feeding of the 5,000, the Last Supper where he goes then and is crucified just hours later, and then um, the, the rising of Lazarus from the dead, the raising of him from the dead. In all of those instances and that word, there are, three, there are two other things that come out of it. And that is grace. And then a derivative of the word charis is kara. And that means joy. And the byproduct of me driving out discontentment from my heart and embracing Thanksgiving and Eucharisteo and God's grace freely upon me and in me and out of me overflowing, the byproduct and the character is joy. It's going to look like joy, a zest for life. And actually, when you look at that word, um, it actually talks about um, a source of joy, extended favor, a source of joy and the awareness of God's grace and favor recognized. So when you see true joy from someone, it actually is a grateful heart, a thanksgiving, one that is so recognizing God's grace upon their life and in their life, freely extended to them. And so in Ecclesiastes, we see um, uh, chapter four, that a threefold cord is not easily broken, right? Well, think about it. If you have Eucharisteo, which is Thanksgiving, and you have the roots of that be, being grace and joy, when you have Thanksgiving, it, when you have true Thanksgiving, grace and joy always follow. 
right? I want to read for you just really quick. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and look at uh, the story of Lazarus because um, I couldn't even remember Jesus giving thanks there. I mean, yeah, he was thankful, right? Because his friends were blessed because their brother had was living now and not dead. But it says here, it says, um, they took away the stone. So, so Jesus has arrived on the scene. They took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So right there, he goes to the Father and he gives Eucharisteo. He gives thanksgiving to the Father, that the Father has heard Jesus. And out of that comes a miracle, like a miracle follows that. It's the awareness. Jesus had the awareness of God's favor on him, right? And, and the acknowledgement that brings joy, like the source of joy in a time of mourning. And a miracle followed. Again, when you look at um, the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper, um, and I'm going to read it out of Matthew 26, and it's, a, it's in a couple of different Gospels, but I love this because it talks about the new covenant. It says, and he took the cup and he gave thanks. There's that word again. And gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remissions of sin. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And so right here, Jesus, um, he took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he talks about the new covenant that was going to be offered for them. And then not long after, he actually walks out um, like as soon as that happens, there's the Peter's denial, the garden, um, uh, the the arrest, the crucifixion. Like it is a fast track to what everybody thought was devastation. But out of that death, new life came and a miracle happened. But what you see that happened before that is he gave thanks. He was aware of the goodness of the favor of the Lord upon his life, even in that moment, and not just upon his life, upon all of our lives, because it started a new covenant that he even talked about here. Not only did we have remission of sins, but we got to enter into a new covenant, some a brand new union with the Lord and, and the Holy Spirit living in inside of us that was never known before, never honestly even possible before. I mean, that is a true picture of Eucharisteo, like of having thanksgiving that is rooted out of grace and joy. And so like some, I was, I've been asking the Lord during this time, like, what is it within me? Like I have a good family, I have a good husband, I have a great job, you know, like everything's good. Now, have there been hardships in my life? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I've got an older son. I've got younger sons. Like, are they mean to their friends? Are they mean to each other? Um, you know, has my son broken the law? All those kind of things. Yes. But like, 
the Lord is still good to me. And that's a lie. Like that is a stronghold of truth that I'm trying to get deep within me and get out the lie that the Lord is good to everyone else except me. Right. And so I've been asking him over these past 18 months or so, like, what is it? And what he showed me is like the lamp is the eye. So let's let's look at that scripture in Matthew 6, um, verse 22. It says the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, your eye is good. Your whole body will be full of light. And one of my birth names is child of light. And so I've studied out what the word light means because there's there's actually different uh, Greek words for the word light. But here it talks about if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so right here, what he showed me, he said, Gretchen, if your eye is good, meaning you have the perspective that I am good, your whole body is going to illuminate with my presence. I'm going to be aware of his grace. I'm going to have the character and the fruit of joy out of me. And that all goes with driving out the stronghold of discontentment that was within me. And nailing in the stronghold, driving in the stronghold of thanksgiving, of God's grace, and as a byproduct, his joy, when my perspective is set on the Spirit. Like, there's only one way to live full, and that's from every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord, right? So if my perspective is that God is good, and a good God plans everything, right? Then a good God can only make plans for good things. A good God gives good gifts. Like there's a scripture that says, like, why would your heavenly father not give you good gifts, right? Like an earthly father and a snake and all this. Well, evil, the only thing that it lacks is the goodness of God. And so if I have the perspective, if the lamp is the eye to my whole body, if I have the perspective, if I see the goodness of the Lord, if I see the perspective of thanksgiving, if I see the perspective of grace, discontentment will be gone and joy will fill my mind, my will, and my emotions. So a question to ponder this Thanksgiving week is, is the height of our joy dependent on the depths of our Thanksgiving and the acknowledgement truly out of our heart of his grace in our life? I'm interested to see what he speaks to each of you. Please let me know. Comment, YouTube, Facebook. Email me, Gretchen at gracechurch.community. Like, I'm still walking out this journey of freedom, but it is so rewarding. And so I would love to hear what he shows you in these scriptures, in this word, and in the question. Is the height of our joy dependent on the depths of our thanksgiving and the acknowledgement 
of His grace in our life. You guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and thank you for joining us.